Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, church. Glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. For uh, We're going to start in Romans 7, um, chapter 7, verse 15 through 24. Um, continuing the series of Possessing the Promise. As uh, Pastor was reading these off a few Sundays ago, sharing, I guess she had a premonition that I would get to speak this morning. She was hitting me in my ribs, talking about sabotage by self. Amen. 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 Sabotage when you sabotage by self. Sister Sherry, you can blame nobody but yourself. Amen. But before I get to that, I'd like to tell you a quick little story. Um, there was this young gentleman that was headed to work, Brother Bird, and he was running late, and people was getting in his way. And Brother Darrell, he was beating on the steering wheel and just carrying on and driving a little erratic, Brother Wayne. And about that time, a, a deputy got in behind him and put his lights on him, Brother Allen, and pulled him over. And he said, man, what have you done? Why have you pulled me over? And he said, well, he said, you got registration. He said, you got a license. And Brother Polk, he said, sure I do. Here it is. And he said, this is my car. I'm just, you know, I'm just running late. He said, well, just hang on. I'll be back with you in just a few minutes. So he checked it all out. And he come back and he says, true enough, your license, this car does belong to you. And this really is your car. He said, but I was under the impression, Brother Junior, the car had been stolen. He said, because on the bumper sticker, I said, I seen where it says, I love Jesus and follow me to church. He said, I knew it couldn't have been a saved man driving and acting like you was acting. He said, I knew your car must have been stolen. So I said that to say this, that a lot of times our problem, Brother Larry, is what we bring on ourselves. Amen. Uh, we can't point our fingers at somebody else. You know, Adam said, God, it's the woman you gave me. Amen. And then his son, after he killed his brother, he's, God asked him where he was. He said, am I my brother's keeper? Amen. So, Brother Danny, it's, it's easy in, in this life that we live in, in this country that we live in, to blame somebody else. It's Atlanta. But when it all comes down to the brass tacks, when the rubber beats the road, Sister Cricket, it's all about us and Jesus. Amen. So, very quickly, we're going to read, we're going to get started. In Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 24, it says, For that which I do, Paul speaking, I allow not. For what I would, I do not. But what I hate. That do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto a law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Have you found yourself in this situation that Paul is talking about? For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I do I would not that I do. 
Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. He said, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Sister Jen, I found myself in that same place. I found myself, Brother Donnie, in things that God got me out of, Sister Tabitha, that I said, God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll never do that again, Brother Bobby. Amen. But there is, Brother Toby, a war going on in my members. Amen. You would think after serving God, I served God when I was younger, and then we got back serving God by the grace of God back in 94, till the end of 94 and 95. And you would have thought, Sister Susan, serving God now over 20 years, it'd be easy to fight the old wicked one but i tell you today it seems like it's just as hard today as it was back then amen though i'm older now than i was and i was younger back then but it's still a it's a fight sister shannon every day amen but i'm thankful somebody said somewhere's greater is he that is in you amen sister debbie than he that is in the world amen so um, though that we have this war though we have this fight in our members and in our bodies. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that said he can overcome, amen? He said, if I've overcome, then you can overcome, amen? I thought about in Jeremiah 17 and 5 through 8, it said, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and make his flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and salt land and not inhabited. But he said, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Amen. He said, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Amen. I'm thankful, church, to be on God's side. Amen. I'm thankful. God. When I was lost and undone, Brother Chris, God came on the scene. Amen. And knocked on my heart just another time. And I'm thankful. So this morning, for just a very few moments, I'd like to talk to you about a very familiar subject about David, Bathsheba, and a man called Uriah. And I know we all know the story, so I'm going to be very quick this morning. But David came to a place, Brother Kenny, that he wasn't a giant killer no more. See, you know, when you, stir, when you serve Sister Betty, when you serve God, and, and you just start out, everything's so fresh and everything's so neat, and you're so excited. You just can't wait for church to get started. Amen, Brother Tyson? Can't, I just can't wait to slip my shoes on and get to the house of God just so I can lift my hands, Brother Jerry, and praise the one who made it possible. Amen. But, Sister Boyd, the challenge really is, is the Bible said, where there's no wood, the fire goes out. So that's really the challenge. Amen, church. You know, when you think about the, I don't know about y'all, but when Pastor mentioned 21 days of fasting and prayer, my flesh just shut down. Amen. Now, if he had said 21 days of feasting, and I'd have got on that board pretty easy. Sister Cricket, amen. Because you understand, this flesh understands when you're talking about cutting it out of the things that it don't like, Brother Danny, it'll rise up. But see, the, the, 
when David was just a young lad, it said, and he said, he said, uh, he, his daddy sent him, as we all know, to check on the war and check on his brothers. And when he got there, his, his brother said, what is your little nosy self doing here? So to me, he said, his brother said, he said, you just come to see what's going on. And David asked the most powerful question. He said, is it not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for me to be here? But David heard the men talking and heard what would happen to the man, Brother Jack, that killed the giant called Goliath. The Bible called him a champion. The men said that the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. David was so overwhelmed by this, he asked him to repeat that again. He said, would you tell me again? David went and told Saul, he said, look, he said, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he would deliver me, not maybe, Brother Jack, not he could. He just said, God will deliver me. So when your belly starts hurting, just put your hand on your belly and say, devil, I curse you in Jesus' name. Well, I thought the whole church would say amen, all right? Well, I'm going to give you another chance in a few minutes. We're going to go right back at it in a minute, Brother Donnie. Because, see, when you're young and, and, and when you got that God, just that Holy Ghost baptism on fire, you just want to jump around all the time. But the Bible said David wasn't concerned about the, the thing called the champion. He said, what's wrong? He said, he said, look here, king. He said, this Philistine and Saul said unto David, said, go, and the Lord be with thee. King Saul was glad somebody was there to, to, to fight because the men, when he come out and hollered and screamed, they just went and hide behind the rocks. That's what the devil hopes to do to us in this 21 day of fasting. Because, see, here's the thing, church. He don't want our prodigals to come home. Amen. And better than that, he don't want the giant inside of you to get woke up and start standing and shaking and say, I remember when. I remember when because he's still the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He ain't lost his power. Me and you might have lost a step or two, but he ain't lost his power. 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 47 said, Then David said to the Philistines, said, Thou comest to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield. But he said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. He said, This day, church, say this day, this day, Will the Lord deliver thee into my hand? When's the last time we told the devil, just get thee behind me, Satan? You go bother somebody else, quit talking in my ear. When's the last time? Because here's the thing. He should be underneath our feet, not riding on our back. Church, say amen. When we was young and just full of vinegar and had the Holy Ghost, Sister Smith, we couldn't wait to get to pray for somebody. I mean, we used to have revival for weeks. Just, we had tent revivals. Just couldn't wait to set up. Sometimes it'd be so cold you had to put the flaps down. They put, man, we didn't care. We just wanted to get to church. Brother Donnie, now my, now my little honey hurts if it sits too long. But when I was younger back then, it didn't matter. I just wanted an excuse to get to church. Amen, church. Brother Boy was just talking about a lady that spent time in jail, and all she asked for was a Bible. Well, there's hard to, you know, it's easy. I told some guys at work, we, they was talking, they'll never come get my guns. I bet they won't come get my guns. 
I said, that's easy for y'all to say. Because you got your guns, you know where your ammunition is, and you know where your gun is. There was, bad, bad, there was a lot of people, some Jews in Germany didn't think they'd come get them. Amen, church. You give that devil just an inch, he'll take a mile on you. He said, this little lad, he just said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, take thy hand from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. Amen, church? That's the same God we serve now, Brother Chris. God don't run up on new, new problems that, that, that scare him or, or, or makes him back up. Amen? He's still the same God. I mean, this is where we want to start at. And I wrote me a little title. It says, Now David's Older. I'd read some stories where it said that maybe, maybe David as a youth might have been about 17 at this time with Bathsheba. Brother Farrell, it said maybe he was in his 50s. Time has a way of softness. Amen, church? You know some people that thought this way of life is straight and a narrow path, and now their path has gotten a little wider. Well, this is one thing I know, Sister Susan, if you just give this flesh just a little bit, just give it just a little bit. I think that's why Paul said he died daily. Amen? Because I don't know about y'all. Where I work at, there's some nice people. There's some aggravating people. I think Brother Reddy said he was a people person until he started meeting people. <laughs> I think he said that. <laughs> if he didn't, Brother Howe, I just pinned it on him. Amen? But I feel that way sometimes, Sister Kristen. You know, sometimes I meet people, they just hate life. Sister Bird, I just get caught up in their world, and they just mess with me. I just can't help it. I, the other day, I got a little style on my eye, and I, I was thinking about calling in sick because by the grace of God, I got some sick time. I said, no, I'll just go to work. Well, anyway, there was a girl there that had missed a few days, Brother Bobby. She had pink eye. And so, yeah, that's what they all said at the office, too. That, oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, Sister Hina, so anyway, you know, me and her have been friends for a long, long time. She come over there and she said, you know, you got, I said, yeah, I know. I prayed about that thing this morning. I ain't worried about it. Let's, let's go on. She looked at me like, well, you know. So anyway, she called me over to her desk about an hour. I just laughed it off. About an hour or two, she called me over and she said, I know what you're up to. I said, okay. She said, you're just making fun because I had pecan and you was making fun of me. I, what are you talking about? You know, because I had pink eye and you got that style in your eye and that's why you don't care and that's why you was laughing. That has nothing to do with what you're talking about. She was mad about Jerry for the rest of the day. I said, I just looked at her like, you just must be crazy. But what I'm trying to tell you, Brother Allen, is the devil don't care. See, the devil wants to do nothing but just mess up your day. And if he can, he'll just throw things up against the wall just to see how we react, Sister Jen. So here's what it is in chapter 11 of verse 1. It says, And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab, his servants, with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbi, 
But the Bible said, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. He just wants a crack, church. Sister Townsend, he just wants you to leave the door cracked just a little bit. Just like that young lady at work just tried me, Sister Amy. It wasn't her. It was just the devil. Because, see, the thing is, is the devil hopes you would think. Because here's the thing. I don't know about y'all, but I try to keep God on my mind all the time. I try to hum. I, I try to I try not sing out loud because I'm not allowed to do that. But I, I try to quote scriptures, if, and I try to just keep my mind praying. Because that adversary, the devil, Brother Boyd uh, preached on this in the book of James at one of the first Wednesday nights that we come over here. He said, I always quoted the last part of this, but the, he quoted it the right way. He said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. I always quoted, resist the devil, and he'll flee. But Pastor reminded me the first part is to submit, Sister Joy. But you've got to submit everything to God, Brother Darrell. You've got to submit your mind. You've got to submit your will. You've got to submit everything. Because I'm telling you this, you'll wake up and have a happy day going on and get somewhere. And happy won't be there. Grumpy come in that day. Or angry showed up that day. Amen. And here's what happened to David. David said, man, I think I just won't fight today, Brother Dave. I'm not interested in fighting today. I've, I'm a man of war. He was such a warrior that the women sang songs about how David had killed his ten thousands. He was a man of war, Brother Danny. There was a time to fight, but this time he said, I think I'm just going to stay home. I've had some of those days, Sister Lana, that I thought I'm just too busy, Sister Jane, to pray today. I'm just too busy. I want to fast, Brother Junior. I really do. But, but they're having a dinner at work. And I don't want to be an oddball and not eat because people ask you questions. Brother Ray, what you up to? Why you ain't eating with all of us? Man, I'm just not hungry. Because if you tell them you're fasting, they look at you like you're really out there. Because, see, the church world don't know about the power of fasting. But that's why they don't know. That's why they're sabotaged by their flesh because they ain't been taught how to overcome the wicked one. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, he said, For a great door of effectual is open unto me. But he didn't stop there. Sister Melinda, he said, But there are many adversaries. David's son, the preacher, wrote in Proverbs 24, 30 through 33, said this. He said, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. He said, yeah, just a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Sister Jones, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, Brother Josh. That's all he wants is you just. Because, see, he don't need somebody. Because the truth be known, your wife can't sabotage you, Brother Jack. Your kids can't sabotage you. Your coworkers can't sabotage you. 
but a man sang a song, said, but the man in the mirror, Sister Amy, he can sabotage you. Because the preacher said, just a little. Just a little, Brother Bobby. Just a little. I thought about how that, you know, I'm sure that all of us, and I understand that people preach against works, but I think the Bible talks about, Brother Richard, about now they do rest from their labors. And I heard a preacher say one time, he don't work to get saved. He works because he is saved. Amen? That's the way I feel, Brother Mike. I feel like, God, I, I, I want you to be exposed to other people because you, uh, you've been so good to me. And can't nobody do you like Jesus can do you. Amen? Because I'm here to tell you, Brother Howard, you can be having a bad day and all along that van and you just get your mind on Jesus. Jesus can work things out. I've seen God do some miraculous things, Sister Brittany. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is that but it's really easy to listen to the devil to say, you know, um, you know, you, you really can't help nobody. Don't mention nothing to nobody, Sister Sherry. Don't let people see Jesus in your life. I, I thought about how that in the book of James that, that he wrote, he said, pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father is this. Something very easy we all could do, Brother Larry. It says, a visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Now, this second part's kind of hard, Sister Shirley, but it said, keep himself unspotted from the world. But see, when I think about, you know, there, Brother Wayne, I could spend some time at the, at the convalescent home, or I could maybe go to Walmart and meet somebody and talk about Jesus. It never fails that something might come up and sidetrack me from doing that. Have you ever been in line and somebody kind of was a little money short and you felt like, man, I should have helped that person when you left? What we're talking about is that us being our own problem, Sister Donna. In, in Matthew 25, 31, 36, it says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, he shall set the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them, on his right hand, he said, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 35 said, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat, and I was thirsty, you gave me drink, and I was a stranger, and he took me in. He said, Naked, and he clothed me, and I was sick, and he visited me, and I was in prison, and he came unto me. See, Brother Darrell, don't take a whole lot to give somebody a little bit of money to feed somebody. Don't take a whole lot to See, somebody's a stranger to maybe put them up in a hotel room and just let them have a night just to relax and enjoy the comfort. Because I don't know about y'all, but Sister Smith, I sure try to remind God and thank God how wonderful he's been to me. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, and, and Brother Tyson, they are in that position for whatever reason, but God didn't tell us to call the reason. He just told us to help, Sister Betty. Not a hard thing to do. He said, I was naked and he clothed me. I, I wonder how many of us, me included, Sister Melinda, that maybe go to the store and buy a shirt when really you got plenty of shirts already. Sabotage by myself. Because you know, Sister Cricket, 
man, them shoes would look really nice on my feet because I like those shoes. There's some folks that could just be excited for just a pair of our used shoes. Amen. He said, I was sick and he visited me. Uh, have you ever thought about maybe it would be a good time to go visit somebody in the hospital? And man, Sister Joan, you just can't work it into the busy schedule. Maybe somebody shut in. It, it don't take a big thing, Brother Bobby. We just take time out of our busy schedule just to go by there. Because here's the thing, church. If our friends and our family don't see God in us, sister, this is where they're going to see God. Now, see, they ain't going to see it in the world. They ain't going to see it on the Internet. Brother J.H. Osborne preaches a message called Learning to Live Without God. I don't know if y'all have watched that on YouTube, but if you haven't, Sister Patty, I would encourage you just, if that's all right with Pastor, for me to say this, plug him in and look at that. Because Brother Farrell, trust me, from speaking from experience, Brother Brian, you can learn to live without God. Brother Jerry, amen. And many, many a Sunday mornings when I laid at home in the bed piled up because I had, to, that was my day off and I had stuff to do around the house. Amen, church. For you wonderful folks that's church your whole life, God bless you and keep it up. Don't ever get off that straight and narrow path. Don't let self-sabotage you. Because trust me, Brother how you can learn to live without God. Brother Danny said one time, said, I think when he was a young man coming to this church, said, Brother Beck from Archer <laughs> preached a fire and hell brimstone message. Said it scared him to death. Said he had to get up here and get saved. That right, Brother Danny? That was pretty close. Amen. Don't get very many of those hell, fire, brimstone messages anymore. Amen. Because, see, the, the world's told us that we'll run people off. They told me one time I had changed dog foods with my dogs, and they said, now, they said, you need to wean that dog off. You just need to keep feeding him a little bit. And break. I said, you got your crazy mind. If that dog gets hungry, he'll eat anything you throw down in front of him. If I cut off Perina today and put on chow chow tomorrow, he'll eat chow chow tomorrow. If he don't eat chow chow, he'll wait until he does, Brother Orlando. Amen. Huh? What I'm trying to tell you, church, don't be sabotaged by yourself. Understand that just that little bit of crack and that foundation is what he's looking for. See, so that's, that's what the preacher said. He said, I went by and I observed just a little folding of the hands. Just a little bit, Sister Susan. So when I walked out and left God as a young man, didn't nobody make me mad, nobody kicked me upside the head, nobody told me to put more in the offering plate. I just said, man, there's got to be something more, Sister Boyd. I'll come back and serve God when I get a little older. By the grace of God, Brother Farrell, it worked out okay for old Wayne. But I ain't there yet, Pastor. We went through a dry spell there at church in Chieflin, and I found myself, I know this don't happen to y'all, Sister Mia, but I found myself getting to church right about time it was time to church. Used to be such a cricket, I'd get there pretty early, and we'd just sit around and boys be boys, and we'd talk. 
Had some problems going on, Sister Joyce, so I just didn't quite get there as early as I used to. I didn't always raise my hands like I used to, and I didn't always want to testify because all of that. What was happening was, was my little spiritual house was starting to get cracks in the foundation, and weeds were starting to grow up, Brother Polk, and vines were starting to get on my, my house, side of my house, and my windows had started to get cracked, and my doors had got knocked off the hinges a little bit. So it rocked on a little while, and honey told me to straighten up. So anyway, on down the road some piece. Things still didn't work out too well. We got down, I don't remember if it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. We was headed to the mountains after church. Got honey in the car, and I said, honey, we're not coming back. We're through. She said, well, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know what we're going to do. But I got to do something because I'm dying. Spiritually, that is. And uh, so anyway, we went on vacation, and man, I was just brother, and I was just so tore up because those are my people, and I mean, it just wasn't working out. So anyway, brother Bobby, we was on vacation. And I cried and cried and talked, prayed to the Lord, and all that. But in the process of time, do y'all ever have pity party days? Anybody? I know Wayne does, says Jessica. I just didn't hope none of y'all did, but but God just God is really good, God. I mean, He's even when I'm stinky bad, God is really, really good, Brother Danny. And I was wallowing one day, and my job at work ain't very much, but my job at work at 3 30 is to leave and take the deposit and take the mail to the bank. They give me about 30 minutes to goof off. That's <laughs> hard to do, but I Wayne might as well be the man, Brother Larry. Amen. <laughs> Those girls at the office hate to go to the bank and the post office. I tell them people, I said, when they come, tell them what a wonderful job they're doing, and, and please come back. They hate that. I don't understand it, but anyway. So I was getting, I had parked at Capital City Bank, and my phone had rang. I hardly ever turned my phone on, but I had my phone on, Sister Edith, and somebody from Mount Zion had called me and said, Hey, Brother Wayne. Just checking on you and Sister Sharon, wondering how y'all are doing. I thought, oh, God, I needed that. You know, I just needed a little push. But, Josh, just a little push. On the way home, about 5 o'clock, my phone rang again. Just two or three hours later, another guy from Mount Zion had called and just said, hey, just checking on you and Sister Sharon, see how y'all are doing. I don't know about you folks, but I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you kind of felt all alone, kind of out there on an island and didn't think no, because the devil kept telling you, nobody really loves you. So when the devil tells you, says Tabitha, a phone call don't really help, it really does help. You know, just a little, I guess people text now instead of calling, but just a little text, Brother Brian, you know, hey, I, I miss you. Praying for you. The devil would tell you, well, they'll think you're trying to get up in their business. That ain't really what's going on. Because he says, Smith, I knew I wasn't going back to Mount Zion. But these were still my people. My heart was still broke. Because see, when it's all said and done, Sister Betty, the most important thing for Wayne Williams is to make it to heaven. I want my two daughters to make it, and I want my wife to make it, Brother Everett. But I really want Wayne Williams to make it. I hope that don't sound too selfish, but I kind of hope it does sound too selfish. Because you understand, church, we get one lap around this track. And if you let self sabotage you, 
That's all he really wants to do, Sister Jim. Because, see, this thing here that we toting around, it ain't going on. Brother William said, it's just flesh. You can't perfect that. It's going back to the dust. But that soul, that inside, Sister Townsend, that's what's going to live on. It's going to live somewhere, church. So anyway, a few days later, it's rank sinner. Just rank. I mean to tell you, bad. He called me, and he said, Hey, Wayne, I hear you're moving. I said, Really? And I said, No, we're not moving. We just don't go to church there no more, and we're going somewhere else. And he proceeded just to tell me, Sister Boyd, just how kind he thought Sharon and I was, and what, blah, blah, blah. And I thought only God could have moved on this man's heart to pick up a phone. Brother Chris, and just called me. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in happenstance. God can use whoever God wants. If God could use a donkey, God could take birds to feed a man of God. If God could create a well to put a man in the belly, God can reach you, but JT, however, however God wants to reach you. And I am running out of time, and I'm sorry. I'll hurry. Second Samuel eleven twenty two and twenty six. We all know that David had Uriah killed. We all know that he had relations with Bathsheba. So David found out he was going to be a papa. So David figured I got to do something about this brother Junior. So he called him in off the field. The Bible said that he sent meat home with him and said, "Go be with your wife." But Uriah said, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, the Ark of the Covenant's in a tent. My leader, my fellow soldiers are sleeping out in the field. He said, I just can't go home. He said, I'll sleep out here with the servants. You know his flesh had to want to go home, Brother Larry. So David said, I got plan number two. He said, now bring you in the next day, and we're going to have a big party in your honor. Desperate people do desperate things, Brother Bobby. See, the man that killed a giant ain't this man here. Uh, see, this giant, giant had rose up in his life, and he couldn't do nothing with this giant. He tried to fix it with his flesh. So he said, here's what we'll do. I'm going to give you a letter, and you go back. Let's take this letter to Joab. The Jack, in the Bible don't say Uriah opened that letter at all. He said he just took it back and handed it to the man. He said, this is from the king. Didn't realize it was his death sentence. Because the king that killed the giant when he was just a young boy was telling people that God, is he'll fight my battles. When he was on fire for God, now he's the man that sends a paper and tells the Joab, he said, put Uriah at the very front here now. He said, when he gets there, Sister Shannon said, you boys back up from him. Amen, church? Let me tell you what David said here in 2 Samuel 11, 22 through 26. He says, so the messenger went and came and showed David all that Joab had sent him for. Then the messenger said unto David, surely the men prevailed against us and came out unto us into the field, and we were upon them even to the entering of the gate. And the shooter shot off the wall upon thy servants, and some of the king's servants be dead. 
And thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. 25 is very chilling. He said, Then David said unto the messenger, Thou shalt thou say unto Joab, Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword shall devour one as well as another. Things happen in war, Brother Larry. People's going to lose their life. He said, Make thy battle more strong against the city, and overthrow it, and encourage thou him. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And you read on down, the Bible said the thing did not please God. See, Brother Junior, when there's something in our life that our flesh really wants, it just overrides everything. If you don't believe me, the pastor wants us to fast for 21 days and pray for 21 days. Don't tell me later on after the 21 days, but just kind of keep a mental check how many times your flesh rises up and just tell you it's really not that important. See, Brother Bobby, King David didn't think it was that very important not to go to war. But now I ain't got time to get into it, but you understand by him not going to war, there's some terrible things that the Lord said that the sword will never leave your house. He lost four sons, and his daughter was raped by one of those boys that lost their life. Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 reads like this, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Think about that. Sister Amanda, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Well, see, the thing is, if God chopped off an ear like Peter did to that servant, every time I messed up, I'd probably behave a little bit better. When I left God, when I was just a young boy, if God would have let some bad things happen in my life, Brother Richard, I probably would have stayed on the team a little longer. And this, I'll tell you this in closing. A buddy of mine's father passed away. The father served the Lord, and this young boy knew about the Bible, Brother Chris. And we, we even talked about the Bible some. Anyway, he come to me, and he said, Wayne, I want you to preach my father's funeral. And pastor knows this because I done whined to him before about this. I just said, man, you really don't want me to do this. Why you want me? You know what I mean? None of y'all really go to church. He said, Wayne, I really want you to preach my dad's funeral. I said, all right. So by the grace of God, we, we spoke at his funeral. After the funeral, he hugged me. He was crying. He said, man, I appreciate what you've done for us. Brother Boyd, I just thought, like, God, you really broke this thing down, you know. So you remember the last time we had the little picking and grinning thing? Just cricket, I invited that boy. I said, look, man, they're having something at church. You can dress like you want, Sister Lana, you know, no pressure. Just come to church. Just listen to some good singing. He said, no, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. See, it just takes just a little bit. See, at that time, Brother Bobby, at his daddy's funeral, God was dealing with his heart. That was the time to give in while God was tugging at his heart. But he had a little time, Sister Shannon. He had time then to let the weeds start growing back up in his house. 
if I could get you to stand. Church, don't let Satan trick you into believing, Sister Debbie, that flesh can't sabotage this walk with God. If you'll join me in a word of prayer, we'll have a word of prayer. Then after a word of prayer, let's get out and shake hands and hug necks. Let's pray right now. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.